Good evening. We want to acknowledge again to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. God gives us reason to rejoice. He is good to us because he is good, and in spite of the fact that we are not, Uh, He blesses us according to his loving kindness and in spite of the fact that we are unworthy. Uh, The psalmist has declared in Psalm 13, verse 6, he says, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. God deals bountifully with all of us, and for all of God's blessings we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention again to Luke chapter 5, the text that was just read into our hearing. And I want to read again there uh, verse 4 and verse 5. Luke 5 verse 4, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Based on the account here recorded for us by Luke in chapter 5, we want to use this evening as a subject, he does what we cannot. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Luke chapter 5, To those who know little to nothing about fishing, and especially the practice of the fishermen of Jesus' day, it's easy to miss the magnitude of what Luke recounts for us. As I researched this text, for some reason, verse 5 didn't jump out at me, uh, what Simon says there, Uh, but one of the commentators pointed out Uh, that it was customary for the fishermen to fish at night and at that to fish close to the shore. This is in stark contrast to the Jesus, uh, to the the command uh, or the directive of Jesus. Uh, They have fished all night. So at some point in the day, I would take it early in the day, And Peter says, we've been out fishing all night. So the traditional time for fishing is past. And Jesus says, launch out into the deep. Go far out in the water when their custom was to stay near the shore. So Jesus tells them to do everything they normally don't do with the expectation of catching fish. I I should think if I were a fisherman, that if we didn't catch anything fishing right, What makes you think we're going to catch something fishing wrong? But whatever one's experience and expertise may be with fishing, you can't argue with results. The Bible says that they caught so many fish that they had to call for help and that both the boats started to sink because there were so many fish. See, God is able to do what we cannot. Or stated another way, he turns our failures into successes. And and appreciate when we say failure, all failure doesn't mean fault. The word fail, one of the definitions for it is not to achieve. And sometimes the reason we don't achieve is because the thing is beyond our ability or knowledge. 
It, we don't always fail for lack of effort. We, 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 we don't always fail because we did it wrong. Sometimes a thing is just beyond the ability that God has given me. In, in Ecclesiastes 9, verse number 11, Solomon says, I returned and saw under the sun. And remember that phrase, under the sun, uh, 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 in Ecclesiastes, Solomon talking about life without God. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Sometimes things just turn out the way they do because they turn out the way that they do. It, it, it wasn't that we didn't think this thing through. It wasn't that we didn't have a plan. It wasn't that we didn't execute the plan that we had. Sometimes plans just don't go according to plan. Sometimes we did what we should have been doing, and it just didn't work out the way that we thought it would. But from the text, it may be gleaned that our need for God is greater than our capacity to understand our need. When, when you read Luke 5, it is not a fish story, and it's not even primarily a story about catching fish. I believe God wants us to appreciate that, that, that he's able to work in our lives on a level where we don't appreciate or understand what he's doing. And if we desire God to work on our lives on that level, to do what we cannot, then, then there are some things that uh, are some uh, something in, in the example of the disciples here in the text that we need to follow. Now, in, in verse number three, the Bible says, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. I, I submit to you, number one, if we want God to work for us, then we need to let Jesus into our boat. You know, not everybody wants to sail with Jesus, and God will not commandeer your life against your will. The gospel call is, a, is an invitation that may be accepted or rejected uh, uh, as we choose. You remember in John chapter uh, 6 and verse number 66 that many of Jesus' disciples uh, left him at that time. They turned and walked no more with him. And nowhere in the Bible account are you able to reason that Jesus chased them down and said, now think about what you're doing. Rather, the Bible very pointedly says that Jesus turned to the twelve and asked them, will you leave also? God invites us to him, but he doesn't make us follow him. Uh, we need to let God into our boat, so to speak, I invite God into my life, and, and then follow the directions that he gives me. But then as we read further there, uh, uh, verse 4, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And, and again, appreciate, Jesus says, I want you to do everything that you don't normally do, and, and then expect to catch a whole lot of fish. I, Lord, you're not even a fisherman. You know, I, I make my living at this. I know what to do to catch fish. Well, Peter, how many did you just catch? Uh, uh, Simon, launch out into the deep. And Simon answering him, verse 5, Master, we have worked all night and have taken nothing. I think what Peter trying to say, I, I know a little something about fishing. 
We just got done working and haven't caught a blessed thing. But because you say so, I will let down the net. Not only do we need to let Jesus into our boat, but we need to accept that our own efforts have failed. We worked all night. We haven't caught a thing. But if you say go let down the net, then we'll go let down the net. Peter wasn't just fishing. He earned his livelihood through the trade. That there's a difference between something you do for recreational purposes or something you dabble in and, 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 how, and something you do to make a living. Peter was a fisherman by trade. He supported his family by fishing. He knew something uh, about uh, uh, that was what was involved in catching fish. And if anyone qualified to have an opinion about the merits of fishing, it would have been Peter. I earned my living doing this. This is not the first time I've been out in a boat. I, I know what you do in order to catch fish. Now, we didn't catch any tonight, but I make my living doing this. They had worked hard all night and caught nothing. Now, I just happen to know that sometimes when you go fishing, you don't catch anything. Take that from somebody who never caught a fish in his lifetime, though I spent uh, all my summer vacations as a boy in Georgia, and one of the things my family in Georgia loves to do is fish. Now, I suspect my lack may have something to do with the fact that I don't like to touch worms, and that's what they fish with. But be that as it may, I, I can say every time you go fishing, you don't necessarily catch something. But Peter accepts, we've done, we, we fished all night. We've done what we normally do in earning a living in this trade. But because you say so, we'll go back out and let the net down. In, in verse 6, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. Not only do we have to let Jesus in our, uh, into our boat, except that our own efforts have failed, but we need to obey whatever Jesus tells us to do. You know, sometimes when you hear the commands of God, they don't make sense to human rationale. They're, they're just times God says things, and you're just trying to see the sense in it. Uh, the command of Jesus was in contradiction with professional fishermen know-how. You fished when you normally fish, where you normally fish, in conjunction with how you normally earn your living, but I want you to do everything you don't normally do, and, and you're going to catch something. There are times when the Lord's commands seem to be contrary to good reason. You, you ever really read Matthew chapter 5? Matthew 5, verse 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies. I think that just kind of flies in the face of human rationale. Now, you do a lot of things to your enemies, but loving them ain't one of them. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You know what we would say when we hear that. If you do good to people that are doing you wrong, they'll just take advantage of you. If you try to love your enemies, they'll take that as a sign of weakness and, and, and be more vindictive and more hostile than they normally are. Well, they might. Uh, you know, Jesus doesn't offer us any assurance of how they're going to react at, based on how you act. But it's not about how they react. I'm telling you to do this because you are a follower of mine. 
You are a child of God. How they react is really not even your consideration. I'm just telling you what to do. And, and I don't care what kind of sense it makes to you. You know, when you give a command, you, you're not asking for an evaluation. You know, parents, when you give your kids something to do, when you give your kids a directive, do you expect them to evaluate it, it, what you just told them? And, and if you evaluate what I just told you, I, I, I may do something more than just talk to you. You know, when I tell you to clean your room, I don't care if you think it's not dirty. It, clean your room means it ought to be cleaner than whatever it is now, even if your estimation is not dirty. Now, now if you really want to discuss how dirty your room is, uh, see, God gives me parental authority to exercise jurisdiction over you. God does not seek our e agreement, but he does require our obedience. And remember, God always operates on a higher level than we do. And God always has a plan. And this event wasn't so much about catching fish, even though they did, so much as it was in leading these men to the Lord. I, I, I want you to understand who I am. And it took them a while to get it, but I think it takes us a while to get it. You know, a, a, as late as when Jesus was crucified, they still hadn't embraced all that he had taught them. Well, how long have we been in the church, and have we embraced everything that we've learned? You know, when, when things happen, it, uh, like Job is our first response to get up and praise God, in spite of whatever it might be. Now, and how many of us are unaware of the command, be careful for nothing? You know, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Well, we, we know what the command says. Jesus was trying to help these men. And again, this was one of those things you could learn by what I tell you. But sometimes y'all just determined to learn by experience. So I want you to do everything you don't do and watch me do what you cannot do. I believe God can work that same way in our lives if we are willing to obey what he tells us. You know, you look at our world and maybe you figure we can't really make an impact on the world because of the mentality because of the way people think, because there's so much uh, uh, hatred and, and, and spite in our world today. God didn't ask us to evaluate his command. He simply says, go into the world and preach the whole gospel. My job is not to worry about whether or not people will respond. My job is to sow the seed. God is in control of giving the increase. You just take care of what I told you. But because Jesus hadn't come back again, I believe that if we sow the seed, that there's somebody out there that wants to hear the good news of Christ Jesus. Somebody that wants to know, what do I need to do in order to be right with God? And, and, and we know what God requires, that people hear the gospel message, Romans 10, 17, that they believe Jesus to be the Christ, John 8, 24, be willing to turn from sin, Luke 13, 3, confess faith in Christ, Matthew 10, 32, and be baptized in water for the remission of sin. This is what God requires. Our job is not to evaluate the command. Our job is simply to obey what God has called us to do. Perhaps you're here this evening, you want to respond to the invitation, or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of those are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.